All right, Patrick Stevens covers college hoops for the Washington Post, and uh, you're, you're about to get real busy, I can imagine. So clearly we appreciate you giving us the time coming on. Uh, let's just go big picture with the brackets now being released. We've seen the regions. We've seen the seating. Uh, biggest surprise for you in either direction, whether it's seating, somebody left, let in, somebody that didn't get in, wherever you want to go with this. Yeah, I think Texas A&M being a seven seed seemed a bit low to me. I, I thought overall the committee – uh, had itself a season where, where frankly, there, there really wasn't a whole lot to really mess up. Like, the profiles all kind of matched up the way they kind of – you thought they were going to going in. But Texas A&M was a team that their their profiles suggested uh, really a five-seed or even a four-seed. And to see them down on the seven line uh, with a possibility of playing Texas in the second round, that seems, that seems like uh, the Aggies have maybe a little more reason to complain than others. And, of course, this time last year – uh, Buzz Williams was complaining about not even being in the field after having made a deep run in the SEC tournament. So, uh, you know, I think Texas A&M probably about as cranky as anybody in back-to-back seasons. Probably not a lot of fun staring at that second-round game. I think a lot of casual, uh, you know, college basketball fans were surprised at the point spread between Drake and Miami where it opened at three and a half. Then there were some two and a halfs out there. You know, Drake, though, they don't really turn the ball over and they could shoot the three very well. What are your thoughts on them in this matchup against Miami? Could you see them pulling off the upset? Well, I think some of it's going to depend on how much Norchetto Amir plays for Miami. He left their ACC semifinal against Duke uh, with an injury. He was even consoled a little bit by Ted Valentine during that game, the referee. Uh, as for Drake, uh, a really good team. Uh, they have uh, Anytime you have a guy that's won the Larry Bird Award, which, which they do in, in, in Tucker DeVries, that's the Player of the Year Award in the Missouri Valley. Uh, but anytime you can name drop Larry Bird like that, has got to be pretty good. Uh, and that's obviously a fabulous player. Drake has been quite good here for the last several years. They were in the tournament two years ago. They roll into this thing having lost just once since January 21st, just twice since January 4th. Uh, and, and I think they could create problems. I, I think for a, a team that may, was maybe uh, lesser coached than Miami, it would be an obvious just put in neon, there's your 12 over 5. Uh, but I also have enough experience watching Jim Laranega teams perform uh, <laughs> that I think Miami probably gets by there. That said, that should be a really good game uh, in that in that sub-regional. Patrick, who, who do you think, I guess it's a sleeper, has the most reasonable path uh, to getting to maybe a deep run? I, I'm guessing you don't want to count, like, Duke as a sleeper, right? right. Like, they're a five seed, but, but they're, they're, on, they're on a roll at this point. Uh, you know hard to say i mean i feel like maybe maybe if you wanted to sit there and try to argue and squint right at, at a michigan state or somebody like that but if we're talking like a, a double digit seed that's capable of, of going on a run to make the second weekend i'm going to go ahead and offer you, you up to college of charleston a uh, team that's 131 games uh, they get a san diego state team that they'll probably get into a rock fight with in the first game not saying they're going to get out of that because that's going to be a tough one uh, and then a very real possibility that you either have a Virginia team that's a bit offensive limited or Furman, uh, a, a team that's pretty comparable to Charleston, uh, waiting in that second game in Orlando. So if you're, if you're trying to eye up a team that's a double-digit seed, sort of the surprise team, uh, I, I'd go with the Cougars at 31-3. Pat Kelsey's done a fabulous job down there uh, with those Colonial champions, and they were able to survive a couple tough games in the CAA tournament. Uh, against Towson and then UNC Wilmington uh, to be able to squeeze their way into the field. You know, Patrick, if you mentioned Duke, we're going to have to then talk about Duke. The uh, you love them or hate them Blue Devils, the Blue Bloods that are only a five seed, but just keep winning basketball games. Uh, they come off that ACC uh, tournament win. They've got Oral Roberts in the first round. Is this team getting hot at the right time? Do they look 
vastly different than what we saw earlier this year? Well, I think the biggest difference with them is they're finally healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look back at, 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 uh, at that Notre Dame game on February 14th, and I'm pretty sure that was the first time that they got 20-plus minutes in the same game out of Derek Whitehead, Derek Lively, and Jeremy Roach. And so you have those three guys that have all been in and out with various things, uh, finally fully healthy. You have Tyrese Proctor playing better. Kyle Filipowski he's been one of the best players in the ACC all season. Uh, and then you have an assortment of other guys that, that have fit into roles really well. Uh, they have won nine in a row. Uh, and they're not a typical run-it-up-and-down-the-floor type of Duke team. They can just grind you out. And so I find them to be a kind of interesting team, having watched them a couple times down in Greensboro last week. Uh, what they did to Pitt, I mean, just demolished the Panthers, basically imperiled Pitt's tournament chances all by themselves with a 27-point route, and then went ahead and handled Miami the next game and then finally finished off Virginia. So I do think that they're capable of making a run, and you look there, you know, I think that the most vulnerable number one seed in the tournament in Purdue. <laughs> Excuse me. And then, you know, look at a second-round game. I mean, I, I think Tennessee is ripe for getting knocked out of this tournament down at starting point guard uh, with an ACL tear. So I think the, 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 the bracket broke pretty favorably for the Blue Devils in John Shire's first season. Oh, the other one that surprised me a little bit, I know Boise State's the 10 seed and Northwestern's the 7, but I was actually surprised to see Northwestern favored in this game. Boise State's obviously so tough defensively. What do you like in this one, Northwestern, uh, only the second time? in school history that make the NCAA tournament. I kind of like Boise State here. Yeah, you know, uh, you're, you're not going to get me to speak very highly of many Big Ten teams, but, but I do like Northwestern's backcourt in Chase Audige and Boo Booey. And, and there's also kind of some built-in skepticism here for me uh, on these Mountain West teams. I mean, it's been, it feels like it's been forever since the Mountain West has won a tournament game. Uh, they went 0 for 4 last year. Uh, and, and so I think <laughs> – I think there's a little bit of a proven element there for Boise State. I agree that they're quite good, uh, but I do like that Northwestern backcourt, at least for one game anyway, to be able to make it through to to the second round. Patrick, I'm curious about your thoughts on this Arkansas-Illinois matchup because Arkansas has just been blowing double-digit leads. They, they've lost, what, five straight. Uh, Illinois is looking pretty tough. Just an interesting 8-9 matchup there. Yeah, you know, I mean, those are two teams that, that you would have looked at earlier in the season and thought that this would, this would have been a great Elite Eight game, right? Like, uh, Illinois just basically uh, went about its business and, and didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, they were one of those teams that you looked at at the end and were like, well, they didn't really mess up, so put them into the tournament in an 8-9 game. Uh, and then Arkansas is interesting. And you talk about those losses that they've had recently. They've all been to good teams. I mean, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Texas A&M, and, and they, the victory in that mix – was against an Auburn team that's, you know, a lot like Illinois that just really didn't do a whole lot. So I kind of I kind of look at that as a, well, somebody's obviously got to get through. My inclination is to take the Razorbacks just with the athleticism. Uh, you figure that, that with the freshman, uh, Nick Smith, uh, that that's, that's a situation where I think that they're able to survive at least into the second round before they have to deal with, in all likelihood, Kansas out in Des Moines. Talking to Patrick Stevens, Ben MGM tonight. Uh, looking at the Midwest region, Houston's the one seat out there. Uh, kind of looking at it, at least on paper, and I know it's dangerous, especially in this college basketball season we've had. Uh, would you say that Houston has the easiest, I, I guess, path for a one seed, given what the rest of the uh, region looks like? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's manageable for sure. I, I, I think the thing that's best for Houston is that if they're fully healthy, they're probably the most trustworthy team, the most reliable team, the most consistent team. Like, you know what you're going to get from them. 
Um, I, I certainly like them against an Iowa team that can't defend or, or an Auburn team that really hasn't done a whole lot. Uh, I, I'd like them against Indiana or Miami in that, in that Sweet 16 game. And on the other half of the draw, you know, you look at, at Texas A&M, they might knock Texas out. I think Xavier might be knocked out of the draw fairly early. I really like that Kennesaw State team, the Atlantic Sun champion, to create at least a headache down in Greensboro in the first round. And wouldn't be remotely surprised if Iowa State's sort of yo-yo season came to an end with a first-round loss to either Mississippi State or Pitt. So I think there might be a little bit of bracket luck uh, that helps out the Cougars. Not that they really need it. I think they're as reliable as anybody in the field. Patrick, I just wanted to follow up. Why do you think that Xavier could get bounced early? I really like that Kennesaw State team. Uh, you look at uh, you look at the way that that thing that team has been built over the last several years under Amir Abdurrahim, uh, a program that really had been nothing for a, a decade and a half at the Division One level. They've built a core group of guys uh, that have played together here now for several years. It's, it's a it's a junior heavy group, uh, and you look at guys like Terrell Burton, who is a senior, Chris Youngblood, Brandon Stroud. Uh, I think that's a team that can hold up. I don't know if they're going to be able to score quite enough to keep pace with Xavier, but I, I do think that there is a chance that they can. I, I just think that that's a really interesting game, maybe a little more trouble than a lot of people would think for the Musketeers in that one. Who do you like to make the deeper run in the Big East if you had to choose between UConn and Marquette? I keep going back to UConn here. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Uh, in, uh, although, in fairness, both of those teams aren't exactly tested in recent years when it comes to making deeper runs. I mean, I look at UConn. I think that getting the winner of St. Mary's and VCU is somewhat manageable. Uh, and so I, I kind of like that about them. For Marquette, you know, I keep coming back to the idea uh, of, of looking at them. You know, you might have to deal with Michigan State on, on the second day at a site, which is, uh, you know, historically very favorable to a Tom Izzo team. And then you're looking at maybe a Kentucky, maybe a Kansas State. I, I think there's certainly uh, some intriguing options in the lower half of that East draw that could trip up the Golden Eagles. But that said, you know, Tyler Kolick and company playing extremely well right now. I wouldn't put it past uh, Vermont to throw a little bit of a scare into them, just as well coached as John Becker's bunch is. But nonetheless... Uh, I, I do think both of those teams have a decent shot of at least making it to the second weekend. We saw Coach Cal get uh, sent home early last year. They faced Providence, a very, very pesky team with Al Durham and uh, Jared Bynum. Uh, what do you think about that first-round matchup, 6-11? Six, yeah, you know, you know, I, I think Kentucky has, has certainly, if we were talking about them on February 1st, we would be saying, gosh, it's, it's, it's a wonder they're even in the tournament at this point. But they played well the back half of the season, except against, basically except for when they had to play Vanderbilt. Uh, and Vanderbilt is nowhere to be seen now, which is good for them. You look at Providence, I'm a little concerned about the Friars with the way they came home. You know, they lost four of their last five, got blown out by Connecticut on the road, had a tough game at home against Xavier, got run by Seton Hall, and then were not competitive for a good chunk of the day against Connecticut before they made it back and made it a seven-point game. Just not, not a team trending in the right direction. Their only win over the last few weeks was against Georgetown, uh, which really isn't much of an accomplishment at all. So yeah, I, I, I tend to lean towards Kentucky to at least be able to get over that first-round hump unlike last year uh, and make it into a second-round game in Greensboro, probably against a Kansas State team that's a little bit of a wild card just because – you know, we, we thought about them a lot early in the season, you know, they're picking off Kansas and really making a name for themselves. And they've been good, but I don't know if we would sit there and say that they've been overwhelmingly good ever since then. You know, they got in a little bit of a run late in the regular season, but that was a team that was 15-1, and one, and since then they have split their last 16 games. So 
kind of an interesting variable there for Kentucky to have to deal with potentially if they get by Providence. Uh, Patrick, we've got about 60 seconds left. I'm a big Memphis fan today because they uh, are the reason that I don't have to eat ramen noodles for the next week, winning yesterday <laughs> over Houston. But I think this draw against Florida Atlantic is just brutal in the 8-9. What do you like in this game? Yeah, that's a really, really fascinating game. Maybe maybe the, the most intriguing game of the entire first round. Uh, and Florida Atlantic, you know, in a league like that where basically everybody's gunning at you and you're staring at trying to make sure you, you stay perfect so you keep your at-large hopes and all that, you know, for them to have gotten through at 31-3 and three, uh, is really impressive. Uh, you know, I, I tend to lean a little bit towards Memphis just because of just how many athletes they have, how, and they are playing really well. I mean, they've kind of quietly done their business too, losing to Houston up until yesterday and beating pretty much everybody else over the last two months or so. So I kind of lean toward Kendrick Davis and the Tigers, uh, but I fully expect that to be about as good a game as we see uh, in the in, in Thursday and Friday's games. Patrick Stevens helping us get through all of the March Madness chaos that hasn't even started just yet. Good talking to you, man. Awesome. You guys have a good one. That he's Thank you, sir. Patrick's great. There's always uh, he's always got something. There's just you know you can talk to somebody and just be like, oh, they know they know what they're talking about, and I I just want to I want to have him on as much as we can during March Madness. Honestly, he's great. Um. I got to be honest with you, though. I am scared to death of filling out my bracket. I haven't done it officially yet. PJ also has a bracket pool that I need to get in. I just think it's going to be utter chaos this year. Oh, yeah. I'm rooting for it. Well, you say that, but then when you're sitting in here like we had chaos on Friday, how'd that go for us? I just want a little bit of chaos. I just want a couple tens over some sevens. (laughs) You want beneficial chaos. Chaos and that bet. If you through. had to choose one double-digit seed to win in the first round, who do you want to upset the team? Mm, that's such a great question. And I like just out of hatred. Yeah. Well, I want Kansas to lose immediately. Don't say that. I bet them to win. Be a great story. Howard. Yeah. Howard. Yes. For Howard yes. to beat Kansas, we would have a party oh, we down won. the street. Oh, bottle service. Yes. Howard Bill to Selk beat Kansas. Could, he comes back to the bench just to get dropped right away by it. Howard. It'd be I the greatest it. day of my. It'd be the second greatest day of my life, only next to the birth of my son.